Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hopefully, uh, okay, hopefully you can hear me. Can you all hear me now? Believe it or not, it's locked me out as I started the broadcast, and if you look in there on the chat, okay, good, good. Uh, if you look in there on the chat, you'll see that, that uh, I am um, a non-member. <laughs> but I hacked my way back in. But anyway, folks, now here we go. Wrap this back up. Like I said earlier, we are here. We will not be stopped. Today we will talk about secrets, spies, biowarfare. Maybe they don't like the fact that they know a few things in that little word called spies. But today we're going to be talking about Ebola news, bird flu. Is it real? Is it not real? What's on the horizon? It's all going to be right here on the Water and Files. And of course, don't forget, Friday, Friday we will do more of the WebBot report. Updating us. And Thursday, don't forget Thursday, the EBC meets. So thanks for joining us. Whoa, man. That's the first time that's happened. You know what happened? As I immediately, as I began to uh, talk, just as I was entering, of course, I didn't have it recorded or nothing, so, you know, the evidence is gone. (laughs) Didn't have it pushed yet. Not did I just get kicked out. The entire computer was shut down. My whole system 
went blank screen. Thanks for hanging in there. Can you can you believe it? <laughs> wow. Not uh, nothing like trying to steal your time. At my age, a minute is important. <laughs> Real important. Okay, folks. Um I will try to navigate back into uh like unseen and so forth as I as I talk to you all. Uh if you happen to uh be there. And you know that's where we go. Unseen, by the way, is uh free. You can get an upgrade to a premium account, more secure, more stuff. Hey, and by the way, there's new stuff on the way. I don't have time now to cover it, but I am going to cover some other things first. And uh, one of those things happens to be uh, the the Waterman Files website. Uh, I want to go over that for a second because of its its importance. (laughs) Jeez, nothing like uh, throwing you off, uh, you know, just kind of throwing you out of sync. But anyway... What's new at the Waterman Files? I need to tell you a couple of things. First, the player. When I have a radio show, for those of you that call in, uh, hang in there. If it ever goes silent and you're on the phone, uh, don't hang up because I got kicked off for some reason. For those of you in the chat rooms, you guys kind of hang in there. You can kind of see I go poof, I'm gone, and I'll be coming back. Um, but anyway, you know, I didn't know how to get in. It says the, my, uh, my number, something like somebody's shang, somebody has, when I got back in, it said my number, I wouldn't let me in. So I came in as a, as a, well, it shows as a non-member. Can you believe that? I've never even seen non-member on the chat room. I've seen guests. I've seen people that of course have signed up and have, uh, you know, an ID name. And and I get phone numbers. It shows the area, you know, like uh, eastern Pennsylvania or southern Ohio or S. Ohio, that's what it'll say. But not this crazy thing. But anyway, if you are listening on the uh, website, over on the right-hand side, of course, is a, a, a player. And uh, if you click on the words, the Waterman Files, I'm going to teach you how to use this. A lot of people don't know. If you teach on the Waterman, if you click on the Waterman Files, you will go to the site where TalkShoe is being played for my program. Then you can click the player there. It'll bring you in. You can sign up as a guest like many people do and be watching the chat, and sometimes I don't open the guest up for chatting because we get trolled. Usually they come kind of late, so I'm real cautious with the latecomers. <laughs> now, if you just want to listen, you can just click the play button, and it will play. So that will maybe help you guys. Now, if you go to an archive on uh, TalkShoe, and you click the play, below the player, it'll sit there and spin and spin. Below the player, it says, 
there's another kind of player. You may not have noticed it, but if it's right below where you're waiting for it to start. If you click that, it'll start immediately, by the way. In the meantime, I've archived Monday's shows, which is what I plan on doing. I reload them after I've uh, cleaned them up a little bit into TalkShoe, and uh, I put them on the Waterman files. And at the Waterman files, of course, is the broadcast archives. And also you'll see below today's post that I actually put them in the blog section of the, of the website. So that's kind of some of the stuff. Some more stuff is you'll see in the links section... Uh, along with some other radio shows, which I haven't put a number in front of. I'm going to move all the radio shows like The Truth Traveler to the top. The Water and Files on uh, this venue is number one. Eurofolk Radio happens to uh, be there. And then there's something called The New Ensign. For those of you that want to read very politically incorrect bigotry no <laughs> that's what they call it you know that's what they call it they call it bigotry uh, of course they call it bigotry they can't handle the fact that some of us some of us would just like to be in our own culture <laughs> we some of us would just like to be not waking up to the smell of chinese food or something you know and I, and I say that uh, because don't we have a right to want to be in the kind of culture that we want? How many of you have moved somewhere and you just don't like where you live? You just don't like it there. Well, guess what? You can move. You've got a right to move. Do we not have a right to have, um, uh you know, the choice of living with or being around the kind of people uh, culturally that we want to uh, associate ourselves with. Well, sometimes they don't think you, you know, you have that right. So over on the right-hand column, down below the Sputnik player from Russia, in something called box ground crew information, you'll see the January 2015 issue of The New Ensign. You can read that and uh, look at that and uh, take a look at those folks. Uh, I'll be putting those up monthly now. And uh, it's good articles. It's good reading. Some of you are already acquainted. Enough of the website stuff. Got uh, got all that uh, kind of stuff going. Um, I don't have time to go with uh, world outbreaks right now on the disaster map. You can go look for yourself. So I'll cut some of the stuff out. Anyway, welcome to the Waterman Files. Russia, it says in the Russian Insider. By the way, Russian Insider is a publication about uh, news, particularly in English, of course, uh, particularly about Russia. Some of the news there happens to be news that should be 
in other venues like CNN, but isn't. And the reason why? Because they don't want you to know about it. <laughs> of course they don't want us to know about the stuff like, you know, this. So what's the title of this article? It's uh, U.S.-Russia War Underway Can Have No Winners or Losers. Why in the world are we in war with Russia? Because of the Zionist occupation of Americans, America's government. That's why. Because of an agenda, a Jewish Bolshevik communist agenda. I've talked about this a lot, but today that's not my my uh, focus. I bring up Russia because today we're going to be talking about spies. We're going to be talking about Ebola. And if you do a search, um, late last year, of course, November-ish time frame, I think it might have even been late October, uh, the Washington Post started running scare pieces about, guess what? Get, get this. About Russian connections to Ebola. <laughs> As if they're the ones doing all this. Okay, I'm going to go over today in detail, and please bear with me in the second hour with this. I've tried to make this information about Ebola, the connections of War, uh, Russian biological warfare uh, accurate uh, with my mentor Frank teaching me and the information that we that I garnered while I was under his tutelage. Who's Frank? Frank was a two-career, 45-year counter-espionage military officer in the old guard. What's the old guard? Of America, not Russia. The good guys, the ones they like to get rid of. And yes, they got rid of his first wife. They poisoned her. They tried getting rid of his second wife while I was with Frank. They tried shooting and killing her. Yeah, I've got some information. We're going to talk about it. Maybe that's why they don't want me talking today. So I'm going to give you detailed information in the second hour. And please, bear with me, because I kind of marched through it, condensing tons of information into some understandable, uh, precious little links. To You're going to have to connect the dots and bear with me when I go through it. So why is Washington... Washington Post, the Washington uh, criminals, the politicians, which is basically, well, isn't it another name today for criminals? Isn't it, really? The Washington Post, which is the Averill Harriman and then later Catherine Harriman uh, publication, uh, the CFR folks, uh, has been trying to smear Russia. And, of course, they use the latest and greatest fear-mongering techniques and say something like, Ebola crisis rekindles concerns about secret research in Russia military labs. Now, folks, I'm going to give you the exact answer, first-hand knowledge, okay, 
of Russia's military labs. Remember, what I'm going to be giving you later is the Bolshevik, Jewish-controlled people like we have today back in pre-1992 crash of the Bolsheviks, Jewish Bolsheviks, into, of course, uh, a different... They crashed, yes, they went away, but they put on a new hat, called themselves capitalists. And then there was a populist movement within Russia to take their country back like we should do, heavy-handedly, and... Putin has now been successful in leading that charge, and they are no longer communist. But he's now fighting Jewish Bolshevik communists from America. And I'm going to give you the scoop. <laughs> it's incredible. You know, here, let me read you this in the Russian Insider. It says, ah, oh, the good old days. I was a subscriber. I was a subscriber to Pravda, which used to run stories wondering whether AIDS was manufactured in U.S. bioweapons labs at Fort Detrick. Just like the WAPO's piece, that's the Washington Post, these are... These were always short on facts, but long on nudge, nudge, wink, wink. So... Everything that's old is new again. Pravda on the Potomac. Do you know what that means? You know what this article at Russia Insider is trying to say? Yes, the Bolshevik Jews from Russia have come to Washington and are roosting there. And guess what? Putin knows it. The world knows it. What more can I say? So, let's march into some new information. January 2015, of course, The Guardian is saying that there's a third, third outbreak, a third outbreak of bird flu. Now, 2009... Flashback. We had a lady by the name of Jane Burgermeister on the scene talking about how bad H1N1 was and it was going to wipe out everybody. And as you know, I've already told you, it was uh, information about the bird flu, how bad bird flu can be. Now, guest 11, thanks for coming. Behave yourself. I'm going to let you chat. I nuke you if you get out of control. <laughs> So, bird flu stuff was being mis... Uh, well, let's put it this way. H1N1, swine flu, was being relabeled by her as bird flu and gave all these statistics in a 125-page document that I told you when I was a professor of uh, uh, pre-med nursing students that I would have flunked her because... It wasn't about bird flu. It was about swine. It was not about swine flu. It was about bird flu. Bird flu is very deadly. Well, there is a outbreak of bird flu. It's been detected in Washington State. 
Very interesting. We have to be real careful that we have our eyes on something other than any kind of attack upon the people of America. And so you can go to something called bird flu. I don't know who runs it. It says here, welcome to birdflu.com. We strive to connect you with important and timely sources of information. It used to be bird flu 66666, but I don't think this is Jane Bergermeister since she happens to have links to Dr. Henry Nyman's uh, information and uh, uh, several other people. By the way, talking about this kind of stuff today, yes, today is about all kinds of information um, that has to do with pestilence, pandemics, uh, Ebola eventually here. Do you remember that doctor that went through the airports when Ebola was all the rage and he had this uh, suit on, and he had, uh, you know, I think it was uh, Bola is uh, contagious. I don't know. He wrote something on the back of it. He walked through the airports, and he was making this big scene. Have you noticed that since the media was told to stop all their hype on Ebola on all the major networks, all the major news sites on the Internet, nothing on the radio anymore, just total poof, blank. Have you noticed that guy is gone off the radar? In fact, you will see he has all kinds of, if you go to his name, I can't even remember what it is, and I dare not even do any searches right now. I'd crash or something. Uh, he his name might be uh, somebody might be able to pull it up for us and uh, I can't remember I, I think Aaron didn't you uh, inter- interview him I I can't, I can't remember um, he hasn't said a word about it posted anything about it since last November when. Everybody was ordered to be quiet. So why is he quiet? Because he was part of them. That's why he was part of them, guys. He has now been ordered to be quiet. If he was a real whistleblower, so to speak, he wouldn't have shut up. Or he would have said, oh, it's gone, it's not here. Why is he quiet? Why is he quiet? Because he was told to be quiet. That's why. And um, I can't remember his name right off the bat. Jeez. Gil something? Somebody's yelling at Gil? I don't know. It will. Gil? No. I, maybe it was. Uh, well, anyway. So what does that tell you? Uh, it tells you for sure. Ebola is managed. Ebola is literally managed, okay? It's being managed for sure, for sure. There's no there's no two ways about it. It's being managed. Oh, Gil Mobley. Dr. Gil Mobley. That a, is that right? Is that cuz I know he has a, a website. Maybe it is. Yeah, it's got to be. So what's going on with all the all the stuff now? Well, let, let's just march through some of the newer stuff. Uh, 
uh, Recombinomics, Dr. Nyman. If you go there and you click on What's New, you will see the Fujin H5N8. Now, that's the bird flu. Says it migrates to Davis County in Utah. We just talked about it being in Washington. It's in Taiwan, okay? Said it migrated to Taiwan from where? Nigeria, California. Bird flu. It's been found in a German zoo. It has spread to Richland, Washington. It's in Benton City, Washington. And, uh, wow, it's in California, H5N8, U.S. Spreads, uh, spread raises surveillance concerns, just as we start to have, you know, uh, Ebola questions in the back door. In the back door seems to be coming something kind of nasty. It's in Russia, too. So, hey, you know, you've got to understand. And there's a whole bunch of stuff, a lot of stuff there. So the updates are the 13th of January, the 12th of January, the 11th of January, the 10th of January, all January, January. And uh, the this bird flu popped up in December in a big way. Uh, You can, you know, you'll find it available at recombinomics.com in the what's new section. I'll post it in, in, in the links. If somebody in, uh, that sees it there, um, can post it in the unseen chat. Cause I can't get to that window right now. Yeah. If something's going on. Well, anyway, the Utah Department of Agriculture, Food Confer and Food confirmed the presence of H5. H5N1 was the one that the, was the research was done in Los Alamos Laboratory, saying how pandemic it, it wouldn't take very long at all for us all be in trouble. But they confirmed the presence of H5N8. It's just a variant to the H5N1 in a hunter-killed widgeon in Davis County near Great Salt Lake. Whatever a widgeon is. Not, he says, he does not say pigeon. <laughs> so I don't know what a widgeon is. January 9th confirmation date by the FDA in Iowa suggests uh, that, Dece- that January 7th warning to hunters... Uh, that people with backyard flocks uh, may be linked to a confirmation at the Salt Lake uh, outbreak. It says here, the location of the issue at Utah is near the border on the Pacific Mountain flyways, where bird flu, of course, could be coming through, and is the farthest area east of that kind of flyway, apparently. So... It suggests that there is an additional detection nearby. Anyway, surveillance worldwide remains suspect, Dr. Nyman says. Although Canada has detected H5N2 in 12 farms in British Columbia, they have not detected H5N2. 
innate. Hmm. Bird flu. Of course, it's um, became a, it became an issue in South Korea. You know, you can lob something over from North Korea or the communist, uh, and uh, you wouldn't know you were being attacked. You just lob over this canister that goes poof, you know, and uh, things start happening. And uh, yes, South Korea has had these viral spreads to chicken farms. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, it really affects the uh, chickens and animals more than it does people. Well, look, folks, if it vectors into animals, it will soon be compatible and deadly bird flu for people. Uh, It's highly pathogenic. That means, folks, it will easily transmit. And uh, we've got some of this uh, concern also going in um, in uh, India. I'm just trying to give you an overview here because CH5N1 is the highly pathogenic bird flu that's, uh, that, that we are worried about. But guess what? Uh, H5N1 is January 20th, they found it in Idaho for the first time. Kind of scary. Because this is, here's the difference between it and Ebola. Ebola is deadly, extremely deadly. And yes, you can catch it fairly easy. Now they keep telling you you can't, but you can unless you're, you know, garbed up properly. <laughs> but compare the two, which are both extremely deadly. Can you imagine these two getting together and saying, hey, why don't we become a bird Ebola? You know, that would be horrible. I, that's called um, mutations, patho, uh, 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 pleomorphism, and so forth. And I don't even want to get into that today, but... H5N1 is deadly to us, extremely deadly. But here's the difference between Ebola and H5N1. H5N1 is extremely contagious. Yes, this will move even faster than Ebola. If there was an outbreak of bird flu like there was Ebola in Africa, right now the entire continent would be under attack of H5N1. Highly, folks, highly pathogenic bird flu has been detected in, in you know, uh, backyard chickens and falcons and wild ducks in the wild. But they are concerned because this thing can, it can kill people too. It is extremely dangerous. They have found it in, um, in uh, Idaho. But there's quite a bit of news uh, about it. You can find it uh, on the Internet. And uh, what we're going to do today, though, is start moving into um, Ebola. Let's talk about Ebola. Ebola dropped off the face of the planet, didn't it? 
Ebola just vanished. What's with that? What's with the fact that Ebola in the news months ago is now like vanished? Folks, they're still tracking. There's something like 4,000 plus people being watched in America. We don't even have facilities for that many to be handling some... You know, if you are suspected with something like Ebola, shouldn't you be put in a highly, highly secure location? But they're just tracking them in regular hospitals. If it's Ebola, then they go, oh, oh, and they go run and get their outfits. Well, that's classic uh, government work for you, right? The fact is this, folks. The scare in America was mostly a scare. Down in Texas, it was mostly a scare. What's going on in Africa is real. Ebola has killed off, by the way. There are organizations that know, you know, they just, not only do they watch people, there are groups that are very, you know, like uh, PETA, they man, they'd rather kill a person than an animal. <laughs> and they want to remove people from the planet. Well, for some reason, they don't want to be the first to volunteer, you know. So here's the deal. Ebola has killed a third of the world's gorillas and chimpanzees. Did you know that? Did you know that has happened? Ebola is currently the single greatest threat to the survival of gorillas and chimpanzees, having wiped out a third of their population. The virus is even, folks, more dangerous to what's called great apes than it is to people because the death rate for gorillas is 95%. So, is it still there? Of course it's real. But the question still remains, why aren't we hearing about it? Some places outside this country actually publish information. Whether it's true or not, they still at least publish the info about Ebola. Did I say bird flu? I meant Ebola. Airline passenger uh, just recently was hospitalized for Ebola symptoms in New Jersey after arriving here from West Africa. Now, how would you like to be on that airplane? I had everything all marked on these articles, and all the marks are gone. Can you believe that? The Daily News. Unidentified United Airlines passenger was reportedly returning from treating Ebola patients in Sierra Leone when she began vomiting and exhibiting a fever upon arrival at the Newark Liberty Airport Monday. And, of course, this is the airport that's been designated as the port of entry 
from that region of the world. So at least we've gotten smart and said all flights into the United States from those regions need to go to, you know, this or that airport. Okay, so that's what they do. And it's one of five airports in the United States designated as a port of entry or point of entry for passengers from West Africa, even if they have to fly on somewhere. So those countries that they're coming from that are on that list of from West Africa is Sierra Leone, Liberia, and, of course, Guyana. Okay, Guinea. Guyana, actually. So... Something's going on. The Telegraph, Ebola, Ground Zero, Z, uh, Zero, Ebola, Ground Zero, Sierra Leone. Folks, they're still burying people in Sierra Leone. Uh, people are still dying. If you haven't any idea how many are, uh, you can go to an article I'll put up in the chat, and that's one good thing about being here on the live broadcast online, and sorry for those of you that are calling in. I will try and give you the information. This article talks about they're still having a problem, Sierra Leone. They're, folks, they're burying, burying 75 people a day that die of Ebola. They have these apocalyptic uh, cemeteries, and the thing is, though, you know, it's just like that kind of world. They put them down about maybe two feet, three feet, and then they pile a great big old pile of dirt on top of them rather than putting them down in the ground. All they need is a nice, you know, monsoon season to go in there and wipe all that out, and guess what happens? Exactly. You know what? The part of the world that's having the worst situation is the most ignorant, uh, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not being anything but truthful. They're ignorant. Yeah. And so that's wrong for me to want to be in my part of the world and have my culture in my country protected. Give me a break. But anyway, there was a, uh, if Moscow or Russia is the problem, why did on uh, 16 hours ago, believe it or not, why did the Moscow airport quarantine passengers because of an Ebola problem? Why did they do that? And they weren't even in... Western uh, Africa. They were from Paris. Paris, folks. That was again from the Russian insider. <clears throat> More information from the Russian insider is that... Uh, <laughs> oh geez. Um on the RT dot com, that's RT dot com news service. Um 
January the 19th, a flight from Paris quarantined in Moscow after suspicion on of Ebola on board. So actually that news must be um, kind of old. It just got published, but it says a, a passenger plane full of people was quarantined at the Moscow airport. That's the one, by the way, where Snowden was held up. And uh, so they're uh, handling a female passenger suspected of being infected with Bola who was traveling on a flight from Paris to Moscow. How did that happen? I don't have a clue yet how that happened. The guy that I was talking about, folks, was not Mobley. His name is Lawrence Broxmeyer, M.D., the one that I happened to be talking about was a Lawrence Brockmeyer that all of a sudden dropped off the scene. You know, he was interviewed all over the place, including Rents in November last year, but poof, he disappeared. And he, of course, was um, talking all about this stuff. Now, one of the things that happened in the 1990s as we right here let me set up this next hour because in the 1990s especially in 95 after the Oklahoma City bombing all kinds of hell broke loose and especially when uh, Larry Wayne Harris wrote a book and they say they say he acquired some biological warfare agents for research unlawfully, and they clinked him, put him in jail. Well, let me tell you the story, the real story. Now watch me get kicked off the air again. Larry Wayne Harris wrote a book, Biological Warfare, A Major Threat to North America, What You and Your Family Can Do Defensively Before and After, a Civil Defense Manual by Larry Wayne Harris, he's an RM. Do you know what an RM? He's a registered microbiologist. He taught microbiology to graduate students at Ohio State University. Now, I have a link to the book, and I'm going to give you a link to the book. It's um, not all there, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Treasure this link, folks. It may never show back up. I'm putting it in both chats, so I'll have to navigate to both these chat rooms. There you go. And if you are in the one chat room and get a link, please put it in unseen for me, will you? Larry Wayne Harris wrote this book, and I know the publisher. The publisher got his transcript and, and did all the work to publish his book. And I had his book. And I'm talking to the owner of the publishing company that printed his book. And I was there in Oklahoma City talking to him at his business. Uh, it's a man that actually 
takes books from schools used and reconditions them, puts new covers on them, and often gets them and sells them to countries uh, that maybe are developing countries or third-world countries that need textbooks, and he donates a lot of them without fixing them up to um, um, mission people. And homeschoolers locally could come in and buy textbooks from him, and they could pay a dollar for every thickness an inch thick. (laughs) So that kind of info just kind of tells you, yeah, I was actually there. But he was in the process of, you know, making plates and getting ready to print up uh, Larry Wayne Harris's book. And the FBI shows up. The FBI shows up and says, you cannot publish that book. He says, oh, yes, I can publish this book. They said, if you do, we'll arrest you. (laughs) Why would Larry Wayne Harris's book be so threatening? Because he was telling the truth. That's why. He was a whistleblower. He was telling what was on the way, what was being planned, and what was going to happen. Incredible. And it was incredible. Larry Wayne Harris's book got published, but not without the FBI telling this publisher he had to take some of the stuff out of the book, or they would arrest him. He says, I can't afford to do that because it's going to cost me $50,000 to reset all the plates. I don't know what's in you know the works at that time for publishing, but I'm sure it wasn't as easy to change as it is now. And so guess what ended up happening? He went ahead and spent the money. This guy has some money. He went ahead and spent the money to... Um, Reprint print this book up. And so this link that I just gave you, Larry Wayne, Larry's book, okay? <clears throat> is right there for you to read, and you're going to find out that they had some, there was a story of one of his students that came in She was a Middle Eastern person. Her uncle happened to be Saddam Hussein. Now, if that doesn't whet your appetite, folks, I don't know what it takes. But the preface alone is incredible. You're not going to get the stuff, of course, that came from um, Uh, The FBI took out, but there were some talk in this, not just of biological warfare, but about Muslim agents that was going to come in this country and make makeshift weapons that went to these substations, these electrical substations, and would shoot these rod, uh, these reinforcement rods you can get at... uh, Home Depot, into these oil coolers. And when those oil coolers get hit, down goes the substation. And by the way, what happens to that oil? 
when they're used in these substations? Do you know? That oil becomes some of the most toxic um, material known to man. It's extremely toxic. And when they get this oil and have to dispose of it, if they, I saw a place that had a, a spill in a parking lot. They had to come in and, and dig down like three feet, replace it with dirt and gravel, and it was a mess. Anyway, you just can't walk in and, and replace it. And besides that, substation transformers are just not sitting on the shelf. And so there was this plan he said, by them, related to this graduate student who was the niece of Saddam Hussein. And Saddam Hussein was not saying it was him doing it. That's not, the, that's not what I want to infer here. But somebody out of the Mideast, somebody, well, it could have been a, a handful of radicals that no country in the Mideast, whether it's Iraq, Iran, you know, or any of them, were going to do at all. As we know now, <laughs> ISIS is not run by anybody but the Mossad and the United States government. Where they had, you have, and we had those pictures up here the other day where the U.S., uh, they were training and the tents had U.S. on them, you know, because they were U.S. inventory. Okay, uh, getting off track here. Read this book. In the meantime, folks, we really, I, wanna, I want you to know that we really need to get a handle on Ebola, biological warfare, and the fact that uh, things are getting ready to happen. In fact, let me set this up. Uh, in fact, let me do this. Let me play this soundtrack from a show that's just come on television. The, sh the soundtrack is about a show. And how many of you are aware of like Legion and, uh, or was it Legend? I can't remember. That, uh, had the uh, an outbreak of zombie kind of outbreak where they were using viruses uh, as a in a cure or a vaccine to get rid of cancer and it backfired and everybody became apocalyptically <laughs> infected. What was interesting about that movie is it came out right before the H1N1 and and yeah I am Legend that's right that's it I am Legend with Will Smith. And what it said was, it starts off with this lady being interviewed about it being a virus, vaccine from a virus that was going to fight cancer. But then there was this Hispanic lady talking about getting rid of it. And all the information that after H1N1 started happened to connect the dots for us in that movie that there was going to be a disease, supposed to be a disease outbreak. It would start in Mexico, migrate up through the southern states, and erupt from there. And we did have H1N1. It wasn't deadly, but it, we did have an H1N1 
outbreak. Yeah, we had a little. De- we have deaths from every flu, but not a killer, killer pandemic. Because what they wanted to do was infect everybody with H1N1 as the first ingredient to an agent so that when they introduce the second part, then H1N1 would become a killer. Long discussion, short discussion for a long topic. We have this that might be indicating that some people right now are in the process of creating a pandemic, a deadly pandemic, and that it will be released in 2017, which is exactly when I, I'm thinking all hell is going to break loose because we're going to have an election. Don't worry. We'll have an election. And the jerk that gets in as president then is probably going to be the one that kills us. That's what I think. Let me play this audio. You'll see what I'm talking about. Where are you right now? Somewhere warm? Safe? Next to someone you love? Now what if all that was gone and the only thing you could do is survive? You would, right? You try. You do things. Horrible things. Until you lose that last thing you have left. Yourself. But what if you could take it back? All of it. A reset switch. You'd hit it, right? You'd have to. been about if it's always been when when we'll face the next epidemic or the next pandemic in absence 430 bc typhoid a thousand years later the justinian plague ravages the byzantine empire in the 14th century the black death destroys most of europe ancient history right not exactly this is last year My home turf, Pennsylvania Memorial, during last season's whooping cough. We were overrun. We didn't see it coming. I know this is a controversial thing to say in front of a room full of doctors, but we're not God. We can't predict the future, but we can plan for it. And that's what I'm presenting here tonight. A level of preparation unprecedented in modern medical history. And it needs to start right here on the front lines with doctors like us. About four years from now, most of the human race is going to be wiped out by a plague, a virus. We know that it's because of a man named Leland Frost. I have to find him. You saw my lecture. <laughs> okay, listen to me, Cole. I know you really believe these things, but they're not real. You're not crazy. Crazy. He deserves some answers. Most of what we know is pieced together from fragments. But it all started with the world getting sick. In 2017, a plague killed 7 billion people. Only a fraction of the world's population survived. Humanity's on the way out. One more 
generation at best. Viruses. Mutating. Evolving. Some of us. Very few were immune. Many became scavengers. Worse, they took advantage of the chaos. Raiding survivors. Families for uh, food, supplies, whatever they get their hands on. The rest went underground. Starving near extinction. Till one day, a group of scientists returned to the surface to gather information pieced together whatever they could. And they found something. Possible reset switch. Something started in your time, finished in mine. A last resort. Our only option is to undo it. Stop the plague from ever happening in the first place. Why did you come for me? When the world was falling apart, you were with the CDC. Searching for a cure. He died there. When you were able to send a message to anyone who'd listen. Just a voice. Now the message that we have is, is broken. The dad has been corrupted. My name is Dr. Cassandra Rayleigh of the We're working on containment of the cold. CDC starting in 2015, and it was unleashed in 2017. By the way, Scripture says in the last days pestilence would come at the same time there was going to be an economic collapse. In the same time that that's going on is this pestilence. So what do we see coming? (laughs) An economic war and a literal war. But an economic war is ensuing right now. We have pending news about an economic problem that's supposed to be starting on uh, Thursday, and at the same time, Scripture tells us there'll be pestilence. Pestilence is disease. Now, Ed Dame says that when he said this, he said, then comes some other problems besides these two things. But he said, as we began to view what we saw the intelligence giving us from our work, we saw that during a plague or an epidemic or pandemic worldwide and a global economic collapse was when a series of sun-solar flares was going to happen that were so bad they were going to be deadly. I'm not trying to scare you guys. I'm just trying to help you understand that Scripture says the lack of knowledge will kill you. And it's not about spiritual. Uh, Yes, if you haven't uh, heard the information called the gospel, yes, you could be in jeopardy. But, man, the the gospel's been spread everywhere. uh, The question is, who hasn't heard the gospel? I mean, I, I, I would have... 
trouble finding a spot. But guess what other intelligence or information that is keeping us ignorant could get us killed physically, and that's this information that the Bible says we have to know this information in order for us to survive physically in the last days, and that would be stuff like the Bible talks about in Revelation where there's pestilence, where there's economic problems, and where there are other things called earth changes and, of course, cosmic issues where it says the sun is going to scorch the earth. It does say that, by the way. I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of history now because I worked with Frank for a while. And Frank educated me quite a bit in the world of espionage. And counter-espionage is to counter spies. It's to fight against spies. The information that I'm going to be giving you has to do with the real Russia and the history of Russia when they were Bolsheviks, communist Jewish Marxist, or run by them anyway. Not the Russian people, but the Bolshevik Jews that ran them, who run us now. I want you to understand that Russia, in the current setting, is the enemy of them still. Them being who? Russia is the enemy of the Bolshevik, Jewish, communist, Marxists that now run our country. And that's why they are so anti-Russia. So you need to understand the position here where it's involving biological warfare, pandemics, spies, and geopolitics. And so I'm going to we're going to have a break and then we're going to start. And I'll be right back after the break. Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Samuel Adams, First Chief Justice John Jay. Names synonymous with the spirit of our country, founding fathers of the USA. Over 200 years ago, they shook off the chains of tyranny from Great Britain by divine call. Citing 27 biblical violations, they wrote the Declaration of Independence with liberty and justice for all. But something happened since Jefferson called the Bible the cornerstone for American liberty, then put it in our schools as a light. Or since give me liberty or give me death, Patrick Henry said, our country was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We eliminated God from the equation of American life, thus eliminating the reason this nation first began. From beyond the grave, I hear the voices of our founding fathers plead, you need God in America again. Of the 55 men who formed the Constitution, 52 were active members of their church. Founding fathers like Noah Webster, who wrote the first dictionary, could literally quote the Bible chapter and verse. James Madison said, We've staked our future and our ability to follow the Ten Commandments with all our heart. These men believed you couldn't even call yourself an American if you subvert the Word of God. 
In his farewell address, Washington said, you can't have national morality apart from religious principle, and it's true. Because right now we have nearly 150,000 kids carrying guns to these war zones we call public schools. In the 40s and 50s, student problems were chewing gum and talking. In the 90s, rape and murder were the trend. The only way this nation can even hope to last this decade is put God in America again. Every day a new holocaust of 5,000 unborn die, while pornography floods our streets like open sewers. America's dead and dying hand is on the threshold of the church, while the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah vexes us all. When it gets to the point where people would rather come out of the closet than clean it, it's the sign that judgment of God is going to fall. If there's ever been a time to rise up church, it's now. And as the blood-bought saints of the living God proclaim, that it's time to sound the alarm from the church house to the White House and say, we want God in America again. I believe it's time America to stand up and proclaim that one nation under God is our demand and send this evil lifestyle back to Satan where it came from and let the word of God revive our dying land. Jesus Christ is coming back again in all his glory, and every eye shall see him on that day. That's why a new anointing of God's power is coming on us to boldly tell the world you must be saved. Because astrology won't save you. Your horoscope won't save you. The Bible says these things are all farce. If you're born again, you don't need to look to the stars for your answers, because you can look to the very one who made those stars. ever had as a nation was to make the Father our King and to follow Him. Now, personally, we can still do that. But unfortunately, the nation's gone. It's over for America, but it's not over for you. But like Daniel, we're going to be hauled off into, so so to speak, the corporate judgment that's coming upon America. But you don't have to be a casualty of this, and you can make it. And that's why I'm telling you that knowledge is going to save you of what's coming. America... 
I don't like the government. I know you don't. Welcome back to the Waterman Files. Uh, because of our late start and being hacked or crashing right as we began, it crashed. Everything was going fine. Then as just as I started to talk, poof, everything went down. I will likely not be done on the broadcast. It will cut off. But it will all be there in the recording. So the podcast will have it all. It's been my pleasure to um, bring this information to you. Now I want to get started here with my story that has to do with biological warfare, communist, Jewish, Bolshevik, Russia, their biological development, and the information that so pertains to today that you need to be aware of is that Russia is not our enemy. Frank helped me to understand this, and Frank's going to be who I'm going to be talking about. Thanks for coming today and, and, and sharing with me, uh, being with me. Frank was a good friend of mine. Uh, we became friends uh, uh, very quickly, and um, he was uh, in counter-espionage in the military. He was a patriot. He was a good guy. He spent 45 years doing that. In fact, he had a double career and had two pensions, etc. But when he was uh, giving me my trade or my trade craft, he was teaching me that some of the intelligence agencies, which he despised, like the CIA, would put information on the covers of Time magazine to show those governments, those spies they knew were here but weren't going to go through the diplomatic channels to tell them we found him. And so many of these books and novels and so forth that you and I have seen and are written about uh, or writing about, I mean, uh, geopolitical events and drama and so forth, actually do and are connected to real life and real events. Many authors that write suspense novels like Tom Clancy have a thread of real life truth in them, and in particular one of them that he wrote, uh, The Hunt for Red October, he was interviewed and asked how much of the book is true. He said it'd be easier to say how much of it isn't true, and he said that only 5% of the book is not true. The Hunt for Red October was about a Cold War uh, time frame where Soviet na naval captain defected to the United States and in fact, writing that book got Tom Clancy pulled into Washington, D.C. and grilled about what and how he knew all this. But in the meantime, we do have authors like the him and Robert Ludlam that actually have threads of real-life information that they cannot put in a nonfiction book, so they put it in fiction. One of those that I think we need to pay attention to is a book by Robert Ludlam, and it's called The Moscow Vector. Now, this is a book about Cold War issues, and vector meaning a disease agent that vectors in and out of 
people or out of animals and so forth. So the Moscow vector means something came into uh, a biological body like an animal or a person in Moscow. And so this basically is a novel probably uh, about a real event that happened during the Cold War when Russia was not supposed to be doing any bioweapon research. And, of course, this research was all being done by the Zionist occupation of a non-communist country that ended up becoming communist. So there was uh, an event that happened that uh, caused some deaths in Russia from a biological, uh, well, a release of a biological, accidental release of a biological weapon, they think, but it might have been intentional. So the story goes is that a international conference in Prague uh, was happening, and a lieutenant colonel for the Army research and a doctor who specialized in infectious disease was meeting an agent attached to Covert One, which is uh, contracted by the Russian colleague. And um, this Russian colleague is concerned about a small cluster of mysterious deaths in Moscow and about the Russian government's refusal to release anything, any information publicly on the data of this outbreak. Uh, But when uh, the lieutenant colonel for the Army that went to this conference who was making arrangements and met this doctor of biological research, uh, he's killed. His notes and his medical samples were lost. In fact, this lieutenant colonel barely escapes with his own life. The Moscow Fector, like Tom Clancy's book, his very, I think it was his very first book, The Hunt for Red October, we have to ask the question, how much of it is true? Well, the story is true, much like The Hunt for Red October was maybe 5% not true. The Moscow Vector is something that we need to pay attention to because of what we're facing right now. There's a mole right at the top of the circus. He's been there for years. I need you to do something. You'll have to assume they're watching. Things aren't always what they seem. Moscow's planted the mole. It is one of five men. He killed our man in Istanbul. Now's the time. It's become so ugly. Are very different, you and I. We both spend our lives looking for the weaknesses in one another. Continue with the background on the uh, weaponized uh, biological warfare, and of course we—I mentioned that it was anthrax, but we're going to update that here as you hear the rest of the story. And it's basically Ebola, and Ebola is what we're facing now. 
and it's coming out of laboratories controlled by a Zionist occupying government. But in the meantime, I need to cover a couple things, including that this topic, the uh, prediction from um, the WebBot report, because all of this ties together. First of all, what is it that's being tied together? Ebola and the flu. Now, these are two different things, and so here's how it connects. First, let me tell you what the Health and Human Service Department of our government is saying. They're preparing for a flu pandemic that will, they say, in are predicting 60 million people worldwide are going to die. To give us a perspective on that, um, 75 to 100 million people died of the Spanish epidemic, flu epidemic. 20 million of those were Americans. This gives us... Uh, uh, a perspective, something very interesting. Um, to give you an idea, we had this tsunami that killed 250,000 people very rapidly in um, Indonesia, and uh, over a 24-hour period it was an absolute disaster. We're talking about 240 times that many people in this year, this flu season, above that actually they're saying more than that, are going to die of the flu. So how does that relate to Ebola? Well, I think the WebBot puts it together quite well. And it says that uh, Ebola, of course, is immensely populated in the WebBot report. And, uh, but he, he says in the WebBot prediction and the data that's being collected, even more predicted is a flu pandemic that will kill scores of humans. Effectively, anybody with a weakened immune system is going to die. The world population, he says, according to the WebBot report, moves into something called the dark period. And this dark period starts this December and lasts for two months, ten months, excuse me, ten months. The dark period affecting everything. It's a disease component, he says, that keeps showing up in the data. And the data says there will be little or no differentiation between the flu and Ebola, and that's, that's exactly correct. The first stages of Ebola reflect exactly the flu. So now with the manifestation of the Ebola virus being so deadly, there's a tremendous amount of fear, and there should be a lot of concern. But we shouldn't uh, be out of our minds in our reaction to the problem. And so when we begin to see people get sick from the flu, it's going to, of course, get mixed up with the fact that it's Ebola. So here's what the report says. The symptoms are one and the same, except the dark period becomes worse when the population realizes they're being killed by both the flu and Ebola. Almost nothing is untouched in the spread of the disease components. In other words, it's huge. And what causes exacerbation and making it even worse is the fear that the flu is actually Ebola. And so they can't tell the difference. Are they infected from the flu or are they infected by Ebola? In response to this, all of this, the WebBot report says pharmacies are going to close. Schools are going to close. Churches are going to close. Hospitals, workplaces, utilities, and infrastructure support 
is going to be abandoned. So over this next year, according to the WebBot report, we're going to have the flu combining with a an Ebola fear that creates so much panic that the general populace and the infrastructure around America collapses. It says checkpoints will be set up. For example, they say that if you have a pet and you're in a checkpoint, they're going to kill the pet at the checkpoint for containment. There'll be other strange manifestations in the report um, that says that uh, you know this Ebola fear manifests all across the nation, and there'll be a variety of other things occurring. But the problem is, is that the dark period is so intermingled with the fear that it's hard to get people to separate a flu from Ebola. But the problem is, the flu is killing gobs of people too. The flu is so bad that millions of people are going to be dying from it. Yes, we know. Don't jump to the conclusion, oh, they're going to give vaccines. Don't jump to the vaccine issue. The issue is people are going to be dying, not from the vaccine, but from the flu, if they're right. Is this a scare tactic? H1N1 was a big fat zero. Anyway, anyway, this is the basis for setting the table of many, many other things. And here's what we need to talk about. Uh, Homeland Security is not putting out any information. However, the federal government has put out feelers in the fedbizops.gov website. And what they're soliciting is medical countermeasures for pandemic influenza preparedness and response, not vaccinations, but some support. And so let me read this. It happens to be solicitation and, of course, like I said, it's at, uh, if you go to www.fbo.gov, it's medical countermeasures measures for pandemic influenza preparedness and response. The number is 15-100-SQL-00003. The type of notice that this is is about, it's being called a sources sought and here's what it says earns ability businesses disabled service disabled veteran owned small businesses and it within that cone and graph I stand at acquisition strategy including whether a set aside is po- is a possibility they're budgeting for it now the sources sought notice is not a request for proposals not request or contract and does not constitute a commitment by the United States government. U.S. government is currently conducting market research in accordance with federal acquisition regulations. They are trying to determine what we have available, I guess, and what's out there for them to help during the flu pandemic. So they're conducting this in accordance to Part 10 of some, you know, government <laughs> regulation 
to identify potential small business sources to fulfill the requirement, gather information on current capabilities within the market. Well, what's the market? The healthcare field. All information submitted in response to this source sought notice is completely voluntary and the U.S. government not pay for the information requested, nor will it compensate any respondent for any costs incurred in developing information providing that they provide the government. Proprietary information submitted should be marked appropriately. In other words, if you have things you don't want other people to know about because it's proprietary, you need to mark it appropriately if you, of course, trust them. Respondents to this source notice might identify their interest by submitting a capability statement, including contact information at your organization. Handling the source's notice in the event, HHS has additional questions or requirements. In other words, if we need more questions answered, where do we contact? What's this all about? Well, Down below, it has some information and a downloadable document for, it looks like, um, in response to questions, the statement of work, influenza stockpile. Now, that's what, what it's saying, and it's in a PDF. I will be saving the PDF and putting it up for, um, you to see, pile, I would assume is a, is a, well, it's a PDF, but it's who can help type of thing. And so this has been sought out because of their project, projection of 60 million people dying. The potential for human influence of pandemic continues to be a public health concern. And folks, they're more concerned about this than they are Ebola for the United States. Well, my connection <laughs> did it again. Let me let me continue. Deadly element to it. So after uh, let's see here. I think it was October third. Uh, the agency began seeking sources for medical countermeasures for the pandemic, and this meaning the influenza. And they're trying to lay out a case for their plan and trying to uh, figure out uh, that, you know, 
what can they, how can they respond? Uh, the public is at risk for a severe influenza pandemic, according to their information. And currently, of course, guess what's happening? The vaccine manufacturers are under contract for medical counter- countermeasures in this response program. And uh, they're waiting for, um, it says here, interesting, uh, let me quote this, five vaccine manufacturers are under contract for the medical countermeasures for pandemic influenza preparedness and response program with health and human services until September of 2015 when the contracts are awarded. These five country companies, along with other qualified manufacturers, will be permitted to compete for the new contracts. HHS believes the experience with H1N1 in 2009 shows the importance of having active contracts. We don't really care about that. We're going to talk later about what your options are. But obviously, um, they're going to always take advantage, scaring people with the fact they need to get a flu shot. But the interesting part of it is, like we were referring to on the WebBot report, it says this dark period will be through October of 2015, and they're going to be requiring these companies to provide help through September of 2015. Got to read to you a couple of other things, though. Got some information from some listeners. It says, my son's mother-in-law said that from the lingo in a letter, it sounds like there's a possibility of quarantining entire cities underway or getting ready to be done, and she feels like anyone else who can should leave cities now. And here's what she wrote. This is what she wrote. I just talked to my daughter-in-law. She said her mom, who is a retired Army nurse in Tupelo, Mississippi, got a hand-delivered letter Friday putting her on notice, and by the way, this was the 10th of October, for intercity response teams to quarantine people in their homes. My son's mother-in-law said from the lingo in the letter, it sounds like the possibility of quarantining entire cities, and she feels like anyone who can leave the cities needs to leave now. Now, this is on the heels of a base commander in a particular part of our country, and I can't say who, that mentioned that the media is doing a cover-up and not telling us how bad things are. Just reported here recently from a good source is that that particular base is now on complete lockdown. We could go a lot of directions with that information, but that base in particular is now under complete lockdown. More on all this information will be developing in the story, this true story that I'm telling you about biological warfare brought to the United States out of the most vicious, most unbelievable um, demonic research that the planet has ever had that was occurring in Bolshevik, Jewish, communist Russia, which is now not there. But it got brought back to the United States, is under 
the control of this monolithic group of people that run the banks, run the pharmacies, and now run our military, and they are doing this research. They are responsible for what's coming down our, uh, into America with a pandemic. Ed Dame said that in his remote viewing, and some of you like and some of you don't like remote viewing, but he said that the kill shot from the solar flares, a series of flares that will devastate the planet, are going to occur right after there's a huge pandemic on the planet in the midst of that and a war on Iran. All of this was to occur at the same time. That gives me some kind of idea with these mile markers coming before us with pandemics, Ebola, the flu, that we are on the precipice of some very disturbing times. I'll continue now with the story where these came from. talking about secrets, spies, and bio-warfare. Let's cover this next section on the history of bio-warfare. Back to the story. Ken was, uh, had a meager office in uh, what was a Bolshevik country, of course. Uh, they even treated their senior people with suspicion Really, there was a couple of uh, things that we aren't really, or have lost anyway, the understanding of that people in Russia, many of them during the Bolshevik years, were not very happy with how they were being treated.
And uh, so when they were taken over, of course, it didn't last all that long. But here's a biochemist and physician that's been asked to work in a high-ranking facility for the Russian military. And his office it was very stark. And um, he said about the only thing that he had was uh, books on microbiology, biochemistry, and medicine in his office. Other than that, you wouldn't have known who he was or anything. He said, sitting in the corner of uh, the uh, room was a Western computer, one from uh, probably America. And he said it wasn't ever, it was never used, but it was just still another sign of uh, a special status. But a status in a regime that prohibited citizens from owning even a copier. understand that everything that was invoked upon the Soviet Union is now here in America, including bio-warfare. Uh, and he said that he would have preferred uh, a television or a radio, but the KGB had even banned them from the offices of senior personnel. They couldn't even have it, and they were senior personnel. Uh, the security chiefs from the KGB, you can just say, highly infiltrated by the Jewish Bolsheviks, claimed that the Western electronic surveillance was so good that they could decipher the deepest secrets by analyzing vibrations on the glass of the monitor. (laughs) The KGB was even oppressive to its own people, which is, hey, guess what's happening in America? Anyway, in the 1990s, a team of biopreparate, that's that pharmaceutical company posing as a a company of pharmacy, a pharmaceutical company, but really was the bioweapons division of the Bolshevik Empire. They set off for a place, and they kind of uh, referred to it as a, well, there was a place off the shores of the Black Sea that was called the Place of Darkness. Very interesting, huh? And it was also nicknamed the Kingdom of Cockroaches, but it was actually called Tamu, that's one word, T-M-U, and then Terrakan, T-A-R-A-K-A-N. That's the actual name. Anyway, they referred to this other location they were going to as this abandoned place of darkness, the kingdom of cockroaches, they headed off to a place that was 2,300 miles south of Moscow. Interesting. That puts them right in Kazakhstan. And the place they were going to was called Rebirth Island. And their teams, uh, he said, were going to spend five, four or five months there. And uh, they were living out of army barracks and they were testing the biological weapons supply that they have there. Now, Rebirth Island is a tear-shaped speck in what was then the Aral Sea, A-R-A-L, by the way, which is 
completely dried up. It was the fourth largest salt sea and in, inland sea in the world. And it was uh, it divides the uh, Central Asian countries, and still does, of course, of Uzbekistan, Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan. And uh, this is where they they went to. And uh, while they were there, there was a secret. Uh, well, anyway, they were there when a uh, the, to get there was a secret a landing strip that had been built nearby, but plane traffic was really kept to a minimum during the Bolshevik years. And of course, like I said, it was it was a location where now it's completely dry. But Rebirth Island is kind of one of those old Soviet mysteries. And according to some files uh, that are about Rebirth, it was the location of a Soviet base, of course, and this is the uh, base... It was put there in 1948 by the Soviet uh, Empire. But this was where he went to. And there was a variety of biological agents, including anthrax, plague, tularemia, that's rabbit fever, brucellosis, and a whole bunch of other things being tested there during the Cold War. And the base on the island was used by the Soviets to further develop the German biochemical weapon that we now know as Nova 6. This was tested on livestock and primates, and they even tested humans there. And when the time was right, the Russians began shipping it to various cities. This was near completion when the Soviets began evacuating uh, the island, uh, killing all non-essential personnel, actually, the Bolsheviks, began to kill them. Very, very interesting. The CIA, nonetheless, was involved, (laughs) and CIA troops led an attack on the island to extract the Soviet-allied former Nazi scientists for information about the numbers station. You know, numbers stations are those shortwave radio things. Very, very compelling information. Very interesting stuff. Rebirth Island still, of course, is there, abandoned, basically. But this was where, for five or six months or so, Ken went on uh, the classic Soviet, Bolshevik, sparse facility to uh, invent what was eventually to come to the United States for further testing. Eventually, this island became known as, uh, you know, when they would bring somebody there, they would say, Welcome to Anthrax Island. There was a time when there were some ships out at sea fishing, and the wind blew wrong, and the plague, which got loose from the facility, killed the occupants of the fishing vessels. And uh, these facilities were, you know, extremely secret and were the basis for much of the development uh, outside of Moscow of weapons of uh, biological warfare. Now, this island in the Aral Sea, which wouldn't be actually in the Aral Sea anymore, but it's still there, it was a secret base, and uh, it was not marked on any maps, and uh, it was known in authorized circles as Era 
LASK-7, Air LASK-7. And this is because the Soviet Union was using the island for the open-air testing of biological weapons. That's why these fishermen died. Now, the reason they put it on the island, of course, is because of its geographic isolation. But it was like having a moat around the facility because they used these fast patrol boats. And uh, they went uh, viciously, aggressively on intruders throughout the decades that preceded his, he, his, Ken's arrival at the facility. Now, another whole subset of the United States uh, military, uh, more likely the good guys, uh, you could say, they visited uh, Rebirth Island in September 11th of 2001. Isn't that interesting? The U.S. team that visited Rebirth Island was concerned that terrorists might find something useful and ostensibly needed to clean up what was left. So United States went there. Very interesting. Now, the cleanup wasn't good enough for a lot of the uh, folks, and uh, there was a lot of, by the way, post-Soviet Empire looting that had occurred. So after Ken had been there and developed all this research, there was probably still some potential for uh, devastating um, biological um, microbes to be around, and particularly anthrax. After testing was uh, and experiments were done at these facilities in classic uh, Soviet style, uh, they would show uh, movies <laughs> once or twice a week. Uh, they would show Soviet war movies on a rickety movie projector and uh, powered by the camp's only and sole electric generator. And uh, that was to continue, of course, the bizarre programming in their brains as they were doing their work. Soviet uh, Bolshevik commanders in Moscow were made happy as long as there was a steady stream of reports that gave the bureaucracy (laughs) justification for the program because many in that area of the world knew that the money that Russia was spending on this program could have helped hundreds of communities to get out of grass huts. Yeah, they were still living in grass huts. And the height of the U.S. uh, um, offensive biological weapons program, American scientists restricted themselves to developing uh, armaments that could be countered by antibiotics or vaccines out of concern for protecting all the troops, including U.S. troops, and the civilians from potential accidents. So even though we were sneaking off and doing similar stuff, Purportedly, we had antidotes that would actually work. Not necessarily the case with the Bolshevik Jewish communists. And uh, in the post-war uh, uh, fallout from the Soviet Union 
one of the things that happened was trafficking not of just nuclear weapons, but germs and viruses. And uh, so they would sell these things off. And so this is where a lot of the uh, terrorists, real terrorists, got their source of of, uh, of uh, Marburg and Ebola and so forth was from the fallen uh, empire. Now, here's what's interesting. While this was going on, the United States, for instance, had obtained the Machupa uh, virus that causes this thing called the Bolivian hemorrhagic fever. Uh, Germany was giving them sources of information, uh, and that's where they picked up the Marburg, Marburg, M-A-R-B-U-R-G, and the Ebola virus. So the KGB, prior to the fall of the Soviet Union, was becoming a world-known source all over the world, I should say, of the most dependable supplier of raw material for bioweapons. And uh, these people, the KGB, giving this stuff out, they had a, they'd given them a nickname of Capturing Agency One, whatever they called that for, I don't know, but that's what they were called. Viruses and the cocktails uh, showed up in Russia on a regular basis, and they were in fluids and powders and cultures, and they were gathered by the intelligent agents in every corner of the globe and acquired there, and they were sent out by diplomatic pouches, of course, to Moscow. And, of course, the pharmaceutical front, the biopreparat uh, technicians, cautiously repackaged them. <laughs> Time's up. I will have this in the recording for this show. It'll be up uh, on the Waterman files, both in the archives and the blog area. And, it'll, and I will replace the uh, talk shoe version of it, but you definitely will be able to find it at the website, and uh, thanks for coming today. It's been my pleasure being with you, and hope that what you find the rest of this uh, broadcast to do is to educate you about what actually is going on with Russia, former Soviet Union, and the United States now as far as biowarfare. Seems like uh, it never ends. And so I just keep blowing the horn, folks. We have stuff coming at us. And, of course, the Bolsheviks, the Jewish uh, Khazars, those descended from Nephilim and the devil himself continue to troll the chat room and cause problems. But that's okay. We have nuke buttons. It's been my pleasure to be with you today, and make sure you follow up with the uh, um, podcast to get the rest of the information, and uh, I'll talk to you real soon. Bye-bye. i
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.